0: All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of the Under the Rim podcast. I'm joined here today by Lucas Weiss, a sports journalist. Uh, How are you doing today?
1: Kyle, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Looking forward to talking hoops with you, man.
0: Looking forward to it too. And I just want to ask because I want to ask everyone this at the beginning of each podcast just where did the love for basketball just begin, just to get a general sense? Where did you start watching? How did it happen?
1: Well, look. I mean, I I grew up a sports fan. Like I'm sure many of your listeners, growing up in in Toronto, I, I became you know captivated by all sports, but mm-hmm. basketball for me it, it was Vince Carter, man. Yeah. It was that slam dunk contest when he, he looked the, into the cameras and said, "It's over." Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly uh, that was the moment that w- that really developed my fandom and. Yeah, I mean, I think at that moment, I think of Carmelo Anthony playing for Syracuse, yeah. leading the national championship in the March Madness. I really fell in love with that event, and ever since, I've I've really developed a love and appreciation for basketball. And mm. I know for Raptors fans, it, you know, a lot of mediocre years, a lot of years where we were laughed at and and uh, the laughing stock, but. We got the last laugh uh, in 2019 (laughs) when we we won a championship. So, yeah, that would be when my my love of basketball began.
0: Yeah, and I can probably safely assume you're a Raptors fan, like first and foremost when it comes to the NBA. So with like Kawhi leaving and kind of the Raptors team putting the pressure on Siakam's shoulders, and we saw how they did this offseason. They They didn't do too bad. They went to the second round and everything. Um, where do you think they should go from here? Should they try and make a push for Giannis or do you think it's, they need to rebuild or what's going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously very top topical as we, as we record this Kyle, it's, Mm -hmm. it's free agency and and the NBA draft being tonight. So it's, uh, as one of my good friends, uh, Blake Murphy of the athletics says it's, uh, it's chaos and it's certainly going to be that the next month, uh, in the world of basketball, I think for the Raptors, the big priority is finding a home first and foremost. They do not know where they're going to be playing next season. They don't know where training camp is going to be. So I think that's first and foremost, before we get into the actual transactional news is Mm -hmm. whether or not we're going to be playing in Canada or the United States, certainly looking unlikely in Canada to start the season. Um, I know that Michael Grange of Sportsnet, he, he did a, a fine piece of reporting when he said that Tampa Bay would be the likely spot. So that's first and foremost. But to answer your question about transactional news, I think certainly signing Fred Van Vliet's a top priority. Mm-hmm. He's someone that has shown over the last four years dramatic improvement for someone that was undrafted to getting an NBA Finals MVP vote. So mm-hmm. just take that into consideration, just how amazing a trajectory he's been on. But as Fred Van Vliet said in the JJ Redick podcast, he wants to get paid, and, and understandably so. He's earned that right yeah. given his performance the last few years. So Fred Van Vliet, for sure. I think as well, I mean, you got to have some cap room. And whether that's, you know, shoring up, Norman Powell via trade, whether mm-hmm. that's shoring up the contracts of Serge and Gasol, who knows. Yeah. I, I do think we need a big man. So I think Serge Ibaka, the, the likely option mm-hmm. uh, to sign, to, to provide some uh, interior physicality and size in the post. Yeah. But obviously that off the next off season, 2021 is going to be very frantic and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who knows whether Giannis will sign uh, the Supermax or not. I mean, certainly Milwaukee's made some moves. Okay. Uh, to make sure to get a signal to Giannis that they want to win now. Mm-hmm. But hey, maybe there's a reunion with Kawhi Leonard, given that he's going to Me- be a free agent that, that uh, next offseason. So lot to, lot, lots lot more questions to be answered. But I think that next to the Raptors, they're, they're still going to be competitive mm-hmm. and a difficult team to play against.
0: I always tell my friends, it's like uh, before before Kawhi came, I always told them the only hump that Toronto faces is they need that X factor of a superstar that really will push them to a championship. Qu- 2016, they were almost there, but they didn't have just enough to get over. So someone like Kawhi would be the X factor to make them obviously title favorites. Do you think that Siakam could be that X factor? Or do you think he he needs someone like Hawaii. He needs to be like that, that Scotty Pippin to Jordan type thing or.
1: Yeah. I mean, certainly this past season, I think Siakam before the pandemic showed tremendous improvement. I mm-hmm. think he was very focused on improving his jump shot, improving his three point ability. I thought his, his, ability to to get to the rim was a lot better from a year ago mm-hmm. and i think his defense i mean that's to me where he shines and we even saw that in the bubble it's why i think nick nurse even with him struggling offensively it's why uh nurse stuck with siakam in those big moments against the boston celtics because they knew how good defensively he was yeah I think it's still too early to say whether or not he's going to be a number one guy or not. I mean, obviously against Boston, he definitely struggled offensively and didn't look himself. And I don't think people should. I mean, look, it it drew a lot of criticism and rightfully so. But I think the bubble for so many circumstances and reasons affected people in different ways. And I think we have to sort of treat it as an anomaly. And that's what I'm doing with Pascal. I think we need to sort of see how he does in a normal season setting. We know his capability. We saw that in the 2019 NBA Finals game one where he put up 32 points. Still a career playoff high for him. So we know he's talented. And and I do believe that he'll bounce back. Hmm. I mean, it's still, I think, too early to say whether he's a number one guy or not. Certainly, he's a good number two. I mean, if you put a superstar on this Raptors team, like if Kawhi didn't leave, yeah. I think the Raptors wouldn't eat. I think yeah. that's pretty evident. And they, they probably would have given the Los Angeles Lakers a run for their money in the finals. Yeah, But I think uh, a little too early to say with, with Siakam. But my, my hunch is, is he's going to come back next year and prove a lot of doubters, wrong that He's still here to be uh, one of the best young players in the league.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the bubble itself, when it first happened and Rudy Gobert tested positive and the whole season shut down, do you think, like, they should, like, what was your initial reaction to that? Do you think they should have kept the season and just shut down because a lot of players were saying, just don't even reopen it? Or did you think the NBA made the right move?
1: Well, I'll tell you a little story um, about how I found out the news because i think mm-hmm. it's uh it's good for your listeners i, I was yeah. actually i was actually in florida for um i mean as a as an fyi kyle and i both uh, attend centennial college we have yep. different journalism programs but i'm in the graduate sports journalism program and, and they do a, a yearly trip down to florida
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was that wednesday night march 11th which will live forever in sports <laughs> infamy That was the night that Rudy Colbert tested positive Mm. and the whole sports world began to shut down. And and it was truly stunning. I mean, it was truly stunning to be in the United States at that time and really watching our world uh, change forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of whether the NBA should have stayed shut down, I don't think so. I don't think that would, you know, just from a pure economic standpoint, it would have not been great. They would have lost way more money than they already did. But I also think, too, it provided a necessary distraction for people. And, and, and I know that 2020 has been a year where, we're, where we've sort of evaluated that. Like, can sports really be an escapism for people? Yeah. Certainly it's hard, but I think at that period of time, I think basketball from the end of July all the way to the middle of October was pretty exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. And and certainly, even though there weren't fans in the stands, it it was very intense. There were a lot of compelling moments. And I also think that the players, the reason why they wanted to restart and one of the main conditions of the restart was ensuring that the social justice messaging of Black Lives Matter and anti-Black racism would be at the forefront. And, and, And I think if they stayed shut down, I don't think some of the, the necessary changes like getting NBA arenas to become voting centers forming an actual okay. social justice coalition between the NBA and NBPA would have happened. Yeah. So for that being said, I think, look, did the bubble affect people a certain way? Absolutely. Was it a strain mentally, emotionally? Absolutely. I know these are multimillionaire athletes, but the fact of the matter is they were separated from their families for so long. It takes a toll, but I think the NBA did the right thing. And let's see. I mean, I mean, it's going to be challenging. I mean, starting a new season amidst the pandemic that's skyrocketing. It it isn't going anywhere, but uh, I really applaud the NBA for what they did in terms of the bubble and keeping the players and everyone in the bubble safe. Yeah, just
0: like with my article I'm writing, I'm building on that whole when they reopened, it was more than just sports at a point. It became it was right when the Black Lives Matter movement was in full spring and everything really happened. The players were debating if they should go back, if they shouldn't go back, if this is really the right thing to do. And I was saying personally, they should go back because it's giving those kids that really can't talk who can't um walk on the streets or anything a voice for hope, you know, something to look forward to in these whole times of they were like in these really sad times, you know. They could look uh, look up to these athletes that were basically like Superman to them, you know. So, what did it really mean t- to you as a basketball fan, or even as a sports journalist, when the NBA resumed and it it opened back up t- uh, during all these different um, events?
1: Well, it provided content. I mean, yeah. I remember when. When sports was shut down, I mean, I write, for, I write for RaptorsRepublic.com. It's where you can find a lot of my basketball mm-hmm. work. And, and I remember that during April, uh, normally the start of the NBA playoffs, I was doing a daily recap following the repeats of the Raptors championship run on TSN and Sportsnet. Mm -hmm. Now that's all great. And it was fun (laughs) to to relive that championship run, but I wanted live content. Like I wanted live new things to talk about. So, I mean, obviously with the NBA restarting, it provided uh, obviously lots of storylines, whether it was Jamal Murray's ascension onto the NBA map, obviously the Raptors until the second round losing in the Boston Celtics in seven games. But then other stories like, lebron james i mean yeah. his his quest for a championship you know his fourth reign and jimmy butler and the 20 dollars coffee like all, <laughs> all those funny things i think yeah. you know were, were you know provided a nice respite and certainly yeah. allowed for me to to try and tell some compelling stories
0: mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's been a common like uh A common, I guess, fault that people would say with the bubble is they say no matter who won the championship, there would be an asterisk beside it. Do you think that's true or do you think – personally, I think these players played hard. They played hard. They played like – if no one was there, people were there. They played like they were going to play every single day. And I don't think saying an asterisk or saying this championship isn't real isn't really a critique to anybody who won it. Like, what's your personal opinion on when people try to use that to either just dismantle someone's argument? (laughs)
1: Well, it's funny. I I think people who say it's an asterisk are are uh, um, out in left field to use a to use a sports analogy. And 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 look, I mean, I think the, I could see the argument with baseball. Mm-hmm. I really can because baseball had only sixty games of of one sixty two, so yeah. I could see that argument. But even then. It still produced the best team one and it still produced a deserving champion. And and I also think too, when you look at not just the NBA, but the NHL as well, Mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Los Angeles Lakers, even in a normal year would probably have been the favorites going into the playoffs. Yeah. And I just think for me putting, you know, seeing the whole asterisk thing, like look, it's a tired argument yeah. and I think these teams went through circumstances that no other championship team had gone through previously. Mm-hmm. And you could go through every single year. I mean, look at when the golden state warriors won in 2015
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the injuries of that Cavaliers team. Well, you could say it's an asterisk because they didn't play the best version of the Cavaliers. Yeah. You can make the same case about the Raptors. Yeah. Right. I mean, what could have happened if Kevin Durant was healthy or Klay Thompson yeah. was healthy? So, I mean, you can make that point each and every year, every championship team goes through circumstances. Mm-hmm. I think you got to elevate the the challenges and the adversity that they overcome being in a bubble, being away from their families in, in, in determining whether or not they're a worthy champion. So, for those reasons, I don't like putting an aster- asterisk on the champions. Yeah, and, and to me, they're very worthy. So that's yeah. my take on that.
0: I believe it's just like you play whoever is out in front of you. You know, like everyone, every round. I remember because I'm like a huge LeBron fan personally. So every round. Um, like the Lakers were going up against somebody, there would be a different storyline that they couldn't compete with the Houston small ball, like lineup, like the Denver Nuggets came back three, one twice, like every single round. But then they wanted to say that there's an asterisk beside it, that there's an asterisk beside this. And I remember Steph Curry gave a quote. It's like, it's injuries are just part of the game, you know, like it just happens. So when people were trying to dismantle the Raptors are like winning a championship last year. Yeah. I get that Durant was injured. And then maybe, Golden State could have won if they're fully healthy, but I think the Raptors did what they need to do, you know, and just speaking of the adversity um, in recent, in recent rumors and everything happening, they're talking about James Harden going to the nets and that's about to make it a lot. If, if that trade really does come true, do you think that the nets are going to become the next golden state powerhouse or do you think they're losing too much of their bench to really be able to compete uh, in the East?
1: I think the Nets are going to be good. I really do. I mean, if they get James Harden, they probably are the favorites, them in Milwaukee, to to, to win the East. Mm -hmm. But let's face it, I mean, James Harden, he's great. Yeah. Kevin Durant's great, but Kevin Durant hasn't played in the year. Is he going to be that dominant Durant? Kyrie Irving, it's Kyrie Irving, Mm -hmm. right? You know, can he gel with, those two personalities Mm. who knows right like he left he left cleveland because he wanted to be the the star Mm. and and that didn't work out so i think brooklyn has questions i mean they also have a new head coach and steve nash and, and this is no disrespect for steve nash but he's never been an nba coach before yeah um so i think with that all being said I think the East is going to be really exciting next year. Like I think it's going to be even more exciting in the West. I think you've got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, maybe throw in an in Indiana, if they can keep Depots somehow. I think the West, it's basically going to be the two LA teams in Golden yeah. State battling it out. But it, I mean, look, this is why the NBA is so exciting, Kyle. Yeah. It's, you know, the regular season is great, but the off season always seems to produce stellar storylines every single time.
0: It was crazy because it was like before before free agency even came, I wouldn't even think of a Harden to the Nets scenario. I thought they were gonna trade Westbrook and then find a way to build a new Rockets team around Harden. I didn't even think this could be a possibility because as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Wow, it's, it's going to be another powerhouse type situation," you know. And that got me thinking. It's like. The Raptors, personally, because that's all my friends are Raptors fans. I tell them they need, to, if this happens, they need something to combat like the Nets team. With they need, they have to get Giannis. It's like not even a choice. They need to get Giannis, and they have enough shooters around them where it won't be the same type of defense that Miami played on the Bucks, where they just kind of let Giannis shoot and just live or die with that. If they can get Giannis, I feel like they can compete with the Nets at that point because they have enough. They play good enough basketball where nick nurse is a good enough coach to know how to coach that team and i feel like the nets will have three ball dominant players but it's it comes to a point where i feel like the raptors have to make a push you know they have to make a push for um Giannis. and do you think they can land Giannis either in a trade or do you think they can sign him because everyone's saying masai ujiri has a really good relationship with Giannis. Um, so do you think it's possible just in a
1: what-if scenario <laughs> You cut out a bit there, Kyle, but I think you asked me about whether or not Giannis could be landed in Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I really believe in Masai. I really do. I think he put a lot of, he had a lot of gumption to do mm. what he did a couple of summers ago, trading DeMar DeRozan, firing Dwayne Casey, who was the coach of the year to get Kawhi Leonard to come to get Nick Nurse as the head coach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, ideally Giannis would be great. Obviously, you know, the, this is a generational talent offensively and defensively. We saw that, but at the end of the day, Giannis with the Bucks hasn't been able to get it done. Yeah. And I think the big reason is, is that he doesn't have the pieces around him. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing like Kawhi Leonard, like, with the Clippers, the Clippers mm-hmm. lose to the Nuggets up three, one. I think if Kawhi stays, the Raptors supporting cast yeah. is really good. Mm-hmm. So it's why they, and, and they have that championship DNA still that, that, that Kawhi really injected. Them. Yeah. So I think it's too early. I mean, to say, obviously Masai knows, I think the relationship with Giannis helps, but, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think if he signs the Supermax, mm-hmm. the chances of Giannis coming to Toronto are certainly reduced. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he doesn't, hey, we're still in the sweepstakes, and let's hope for the best.
0: Yeah, and just just uh, talking about Kawhi for a little bit, because it was – I remember the city almost went, went quiet when, when it was announced that Kawhi wasn't staying – uh, it, was like this city, it wasn't even just Toronto. This whole country loved, loved Kawhi. They gave him, we gave him everything and we did as much. As, it's, you did everything you could possibly do to keep a superstar around. And I think at the end of the day, it just came to him wanting to go home and play for home. But I strongly think that he should have stayed in Toronto because they had a good chance to repeat considering what we saw in the East this year. But just like, how did you react to when he said he was going to sign with the Clippers?
1: You know, look, I mean, obviously, you, you know, it would have been awesome to have Kawhi another year, but you got to respect the decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and and you know, it, it's easy for us to speak in our in our armchairs, <laughs> and we have nothing, nothing to to really, you know, we don't care, mm-hmm. right? Like, but. It, his decision i think it was nuts how crazy the speculation was like i don't think i've ever seen we may never see again Mm -hmm. like the Kawhi watch like it was like i remember i remember walking down yorkville and being in front of like the (laughs) hazelton where apparently he was staying and just like all the all the cameras and everyone was like there and it was it was crazy Mm -hmm. and like apparently like it, it got disproved; like he wasn't there, so it yeah. was like such a crazy story. But and, and like with the CP24 following like that car from the airport yeah. <laughs> was pretty nuts. So like it was, it was, it was wild. But mm. look, I mean, I think what Kawhi letter did for our franchise, you, you can't ask for anything more. As yeah. you said, and, uh, you know, certainly it, it is part of our history for uh, many years to come.
0: Yeah. and just a last question before I let you go here. Just like early predictions, who's your early MVP prediction and early championship uh, uh, prediction?
1: Who? Um, I like Golden State. Mm. I really do. I think I I think Golden State's a team that you 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 shouldn't overlook. I think Steph and Clay and Draymond are going to come back with a real fire burning inside them. Like, look, I know it's LeBron, and I know everyone's talking about them, but we're here too. Mm. Um, So I'll say say Golden State over Milwaukee right now. But I got to say with you, Kyle, though, the way LeBron and AD played in that bubble, man, like if they – if they can get to that level again yeah there's they're 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 unstoppable mm-hmm.
0: the only thing really scaring me personally well like it was the clippers but then we saw just how they kind of fell apart you know it's like uh, Paul George but i think the only thing really bugging me is the the nets the nets over there with KD and Kyrie cuz if they can play like how we know KD and Kyrie can play and if they manage to bring in James Harden but i have personally i just have uh the lakers repeating um if they can play the same way if they can get solid pieces around them more three and d type guys i feel like that's what they were really missing because they were one of the, i think one of the lowest three-point shooting teams in the bubble so i saw they brought in schroeder so that was pretty good um but for my own like the prediction about that i think it's the lakers and for mvp um i'm just throwing it out there i think luca Luka Doncic is gonna is gonna win his first MVP this year I feel like everyone's putting him on notice I feel like Giannis can't get another MVP until he really proves himself in the playoffs even though it's a regular season award because there are a lot of narratives that go with the MVP award so for sure Mm -hmm. so who who do you have as your own MVP do you have the same thing or do you have Giannis going three in a row (laughs)
1: I'll go Kevin Durant. All right. All right. I, I, can, I can see
0: that though. If Durant can come back as we know him to be, I can see him with playing with the fire enough to
1: get in, uh, yeah. in MVP. I think he's going to come back again with with a real fire. I mean, new team. He hasn't been around for a year. I think he's ready to show why uh, he's still got it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to come on the podcast. If there's anything you want to promote, you could do it now freely just as a gratitude.
1: Yeah. I mean, follow me on Twitter at Sports. That's at W-E-E-S-E sports. And yeah, Kyle, keep up the great work you're doing, man. And all the best to you.
0: All right. Thank you so much again.